welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 49. I am your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I've got uh, almost a couple of special guests on the line tonight with uh, how often they've been on our cast lately, but we're very glad to have them tonight. We have Stu. How's it going, Stu? Good, thanks, Shorty. How you doing, mate? I'm doing all right. And we also have Chris. How's it going, mate? Hey, I'm doing good. <laughs> hey, buddy. Long time, no talk. Good to hear that's right, but uh, yeah, as I said, very glad to have you back. And uh, yeah, Stu, you've been away for a couple of weeks, but uh, I have welcome yeah. as always. So, running with a slightly different crew, no, no Chewy, which is probably a good thing. Which it means uh, a whole lot less tangents. And, so does uh, that mean I'm going to have to double my tangents and double my arms and double my dad jokes? Sure, <laughs> let's go. With it means that. this podcast <laughs> is going to be done in thirty minutes. sounds good to me less less editing (laughs) all right so yeah we do have a uh, do have a few good topics for you tonight and uh, yeah we'll definitely get into those but before we do Stu, do you want to tell us who our sponsors are yes absolutely so once again thanks to josh and pat's mtg bazaar for jumping on board uh they've been sponsoring our leagues with prizes Look them up on Facebook. They have auctions every night with a lot of amazing magic cards. I have two coming in the mail this week, and a Borderless Academy Ruins and a Nissa, the new one. Nice. So I'm loving it. They, they're getting plenty of money out of me. You guys need to, everyone else needs to jump on board as well and tell them the bean sent you. Absolutely, yes. Massive shout out. Josh and Pat's love the support that they show us. Now, that new Nissa, is it Nissa? Of the shadowed bowels or bows? bows? Or how do you say that? I feel like it's bows, but if it's bowels, that's kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> the, the I mean, you, you know how to say my last name, and, and that's also spelt really weird, and but that's pronounced bowels. So I've been yeah, calling you. I've been calling you Bowhouse all these years. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been calling you Bowman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, our sort of main topic for tonight that we wanted to have a chat about is the Zendikar set boosters. So we've mentioned on the cast previously that uh, we have these these new boosters that uh, they've done just for this set called set boosters that are slightly different to the normal what we're calling now draft boosters. And we've had a, had a few questions sort of uh, floating around on our Discord, and, and I was quite in- interested myself in terms of what the value would be of these set boosters. Is it worthwhile buying them if you're trying to you know get a collection or, or what the go is? And, I mean, we've got Chris on tonight who opens more boosters than probably just about anybody I know. So uh, <laughs> he's certainly... a uh, finance expert. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> he certainly opened up a few boosters. And, uh, yeah, I, I have myself as well. I don't know if any, any of you guys out there listening caught it, but uh, I did a unboxing on uh, on stream... What was that? That was earlier this week, I think. Was that Monday? I don't Tuesday. know. I can't remember. It was the, recent. the days just blur blur into each other. But they do. That was a bit of fun. And uh, yeah, so I, I've cracked a set booster box. Chewy also cracked a set booster box. I don't think you, you didn't get one this time, did you, uh, Stu? I ordered one and then put in for a refund instead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> was that after watching Shorty's stream or? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, be- before actually, before. And then I watched the stream and I'm like, oh, maybe I should. Okay, yeah. I, well, I've maybe, just maybe been, you can tell us why after, at the I've end. just been super unsure, but we'll, yeah, we'll come yeah, to fair that. Enough. But uh, yeah, Chris, you, you cracked a couple of boxes and you actually put together like a full breakdown of what you cracked and, and what you sort of think about it. So we're going to sort of hand over to you for most of this and you can take us through what what you think of these set boosters and, and are they actually worth it? So, take it away. Cool. So, I'm going to disclaim that my sample size was very small. So, unlike a lot of other sets, I usually open quite a number of boxes and I only, I only ordered two of these. I actually ordered more collector boxes <laughs> than I did set boosters. <laughs> That's another story. Um, so, so, are we going to get a write-up of the collector boosters as well? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Actually, I, I should do one on stream. Um but Definitely. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, there's a there's a backlog of them. But so set boosters, I actually op- only open two boxes. And before I go into the breakdown, I might just go through what the makeup of a set booster is, as opposed to the makeup of a draft booster. For those who may not be aware, so a normal draft booster is the booster that we're all familiar with. It's got fifteen. Oh man, I should have checked my maths. Fifteen or sixteen cards. <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> it's, it's 15 in a basic it's land. It's 15 plus the land. 14 in a basic land. Yeah. So, it's, it, it's made up of 10 commons, three uncommons, one rare or mythic rare, um, and then you've got your basic land slot. And there's usually an advertising slot or a token slot in them as well, I think. Um, yes. So, you, you basically end up with 14 playables. Oh, 14 cards you actually want 14, to, aside from the land. 14 actual magic cards aside from the basic land. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, if we look at the constitution of a set booster, you get 14 cards per booster. So, less than a draft booster. Um, and 11 of those are what I would call guaranteed magic cards. So, that's not basic lands or tokens or anything. They're actual playable cards. Um, and the makeup of it is- slightly complex i'm not going to go into too much detail of what <laughs> very, each of the confusing. yeah each each of the <laughs> slots are but basically the intent from wizards was for it to be a more exciting opening experience and it was meant to be targeting people who are opening boosters for the sake of opening boosters or collecting versus people who are drafting which really that's all i open them for if i'm to be honest so i heard yeah, this same, yeah. same for me yeah and so i heard this and i was like great this sounds like the product for me. Um, but yeah, that the, the makeup of the booster and how it was structured, um, was a little bit confusing. So I thought the first time around when I opened my first couple of boxes, I'm just going to have a look and I'm going to document what I found. Um, so, uh, yeah, 11, 11 slots for actual cards. There's chances of having, uh, multiple rares and mythics per pack as opposed to something like a draft booster. Um, and the token slot is the other really important one just to be clear on, which is um, 25% of the time, the token slot in your pack has a chance of being a card from the list. Um, and the list is a really long list of all these random <laughs> cards. Span- yeah, we t- we've touched on that on a previous episode. Yep, spanning all the magic's history. Um, but you have a tw- basically you have a 25% chance of getting one of those um, in each pack. So one in four. Um, so, with all that in mind, I went and cracked two packs and documented all of it. So, out of the uh, 660 magic cards, so I'm I'm excluding tokens, the list, and basic lands for now, two boxes yep. gave me 660 cards. I ended up with 377 commons, 201 uncommons, and 70 rares, and 12 mythics. So... To, to give that some context, um, that's, that's 660 cards total. If I had have cracked two draft boosters, I would have had over a thousand cards total. So it's significantly less cardboard than what you would get for a draft booster. And draft booster boxes are also, uh, quite a bit cheaper too. Roughly 30 ish dollars. I don't know what you guys have seen them for, but. Yeah, like I, I paid one seventy five for my set booster box, and normally it's one forty five or one fifty for the yeah. the draft booster box. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've seen so it's not not a huge difference, but it's it's a little bit. I think I think it's about an average of thirty ish bucks more for um a set booster box. Um, yeah. I should also note that you get thirty set booster packs in a box. Yeah, instead of thirty, as opposed to thirty six in a draft booster. So. Yeah. $30 more, uh, six packs less per box, and less cards in every box. So, it's not a good start <laughs> if, if, if I focus on that summary. Um, but long story short of my, um, of my breakdown was, at the end of the day, really, when I counted up all of the cards I ended up with, I basically had roughly the same amount of uncommons- a few more rares, a few more mythics, and then the rest of the difference in cards was just commons. So, basi- yeah. basically, I just ended up with hundreds less commons and basically the same of everything else. Um, now, in my particular case, uh, if I was comparing this to a draft booster, draft booster boxes, um, and remember, this is two boxes worth, I ended up with eight more rares and two more mythics. So, it's an average. I averaged six mythics. Um, per box, uh, and 35 rares per box. Um, yeah. Now, in um, each of those set booster packs, there's a chance at up to four rares or mythics. Is that correct? Yeah, you, you're guaranteed one. There's one, yeah. one slot that is always a rare or a mythic, same, yeah. same as a draft booster. But then there's 
yeah, there's at least two other slots that can potentially be rares. And then I think, obviously, the list as well in the yeah, one in four. Yep. So there is a chance at up to four rares. Like I had, when I cracked my box, I had a few packs that were double rares or, or a yep. rare and a mythic, that sort of thing. But it wasn't wasn't that common. And it's, I mean, you, you do get that occasionally in a draft booster where you get like a, a rare a and then a foil rare. So yeah. you get the doubles. Yeah, that's right. And I, I I think you actually have a chance of getting up to three rares in a pack. I think that's the most you can get from memory. Right. Um. So, yeah. And, and I actually did crack packs where I got three. So, I got like a foil rare and two other rares in a single pack. Um, actually, yeah, the, nice. bo- the box does say guaranteed foil up to four rares. I just got a picture up. So, okay, there, there is the it's chance up to of four. up to four. Yeah, because you've got like the showcase slot as well that, that could be a rare. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, um, look, they they were basically the numbers from what I had cracked. Um, what what I could talk to aside from the numbers is, in general, my opening experience. Um, I actually enjoyed cracking this much more than I enjoyed cracking <laughs> a draft booster. Like it was much less predictable. I didn't know yep. what I was going to open. Um, and I think at least one pack. At least one pack in every box. It might have been a couple more. Um, all the cards were uncommons and rares or mythics. And so, yeah. I think I averaged- I think it was one maybe per box. So, whenever you got that pack, that was like, sweet. <laughs> it, feel, it feels like you're getting all this awesome value. Um, but really, at the end of the day, it kind of irons out and evens out. And um, and it's roughly- Yeah, it's roughly the equivalent of the high end of a draft booster without the- extra common chaff, I'll say. Um, and, yeah, I ended up with a few more rares and mythics. But, Shorty, did you did you end up counting or, or working out how many rares and mythics you got in total across your box? I'm curious to see how yours stacked up. So, I got- I didn't count my uncommons, but I got, I got 31 rares and five mythics from my box. So- Interesting. Basically, yeah, not really any different to, well, actually, probably slightly less than a normal booster yeah, box. Because wow. no, normal booster box, you would get thirty six rares. You're guaranteed to get thirty six rares. Usually, you get, uh, yeah, four or five mythics. But though, usually, those mythics are taking away from those rares. Yeah. So numbers wise, I'm probably about the same. Like if 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 my normal box would have four or five mythics, then I would end up with. 31 32 rares and four or five mythics so basically the same as a as a normal box i'm assuming without counting that my uncommon number was probably slightly higher than normal i did have a couple of those packs that were uh, either five or six uncommons in the first uh, slot that they have in the the set booster but yeah the the common number commons number would be way down yeah, and that's what I found. And so the, the average for me was um, just over six commons per pack was my average, and it was three and a half uncommons per pack. So a, yep. a much bigger distri- like distribution um, gap between the commons and uncommons as opposed to a traditional draft booster, which again I liked. Um, in essence, for me, um, it, it it is basically higher value um, cardboard or better better card quality with less total cardboard in the end. Um, so yeah. Which, which means less to sort for you. <laughs> it means a lot less to sort and 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 also to store. So that's uh, yes, that's a, less boxes and boxes and boxes of random garbage commons. <laughs> that 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 is a big thing for me. So yeah. Um, that, so what what about the other things you get in the pack? Like you, you mentioned the showcase cards and things like that. Yeah. So um, one thing I failed to mention as well is these set boosters also come with an art card. Um, so that's an often overlooked slot. And we first saw these in the Modern Masters packs. Um, and this is the first time they brought that back, um, since then. So you do actually get an art card slot as well. Um, now I haven't really closely tracked the value of them, but from what I've seen, the ones with the gold signatures actually have quite a bit of value because they're quite rare to get. I'm not sure how many you got. I got, I got one. I got a Angel of Destinies. I looked it up. It was worth like 10 bucks or something like that. Yeah. for a random art card, that's kind of cool, but I'm not probably not going to sell it. It's it's not really worth it. Yeah, and look, I, I don't think many people will sell them, but people are definitely collecting them, and they do hold some value. And I, I ended up with two of them across my two boxes, so you must average about one gold, one per set booster. I think there's yep. fifty, there's fifty something all up to collect. So 
I think it's more than that. Of the, yeah, the art code. 80, 80, 83 oh, okay, right. or 84. Yeah. yeah, there's more than there was in the, the Modern Masters. I'm just looking at the nice uh, framed artwork that I have on my wall, thanks to you, Chris. From all <laughs> yes, the, thanks, uh, Chris. <laughs> modern Masters art. That's right, yeah. I'm, it, think, I'm thinking of the, the Modern Masters ones were 50-something. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's 54 right. for the Modern Masters. If, if you only get one of the gold signature ones per set booster- um, and you're obviously not guaranteed to get a different one if you just randomly bought 80 of them. You would have to go through a lot of product to collect the gold yeah. signature version. So, I imagine they'll actually hold a reasonable amount of value because they're rarer effectively than any other card. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there's going to be some that are super popular, you know, popular artists or popular art and that sort of thing. So, yeah, they're, they're going to vary in value. But, yeah, they're, they're likely to be worth a bit in a few years, I'm tipping. Yeah, that that's right. So- um, I didn't. I didn't really factor them into my equation, but they are really cool. Um, and look, I'll probably collect them or whatever. I'll see. I'll see how I go. Um, <laughs> really, I'm so surprised, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I, the, the other thing I didn't factor into my equation with any of the Zendikar product is the fact that you get box toppers in every product. So because you get a yeah. box topper in your draft booster and you get one in your set booster, I've just chosen to ignore that as far as looking at the total value of the set. But so it, it is the same box topper. Same box topper for the draft boosters is the set booster. I didn't actually check that. Yeah, yeah it's, it it's a it's a yep. non foil um, Zendikar expedition land. Yeah, yep, that's right. Yeah. Um. So, look, it, my my takeaway was all of the Zendikar product with the fact that you get a box topper is actually really good value, or it feels like really good value. The bit that's unknown at this stage is how much having these box toppers in every single box is going to diminish the value of every other card in the set. Because we see this with yeah. other products like um, like Kaladesh, where we had the Inventions and all those kind of other products, or yeah. even going back to Oath of the Gatewatch and Battle for Zendikar. Um, they, the, the, the Mythics in particular tank pretty hard. Like, they don't really hold a lot of value because so much of their yeah. EV and the value in the boxes was tied up with these really super swingy, high-value one-off yeah, cards. soak up all the value that can be spread across all the rest of the cards. That's right. So, I don't expect this set to be a particularly valuable set so far as the cards in it go. Like, obviously, Omnath is holding a pretty good value, but long-term, I don't expect that to, to really hold out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, probably not. <laughs> I also expect him to get hit with a bit of a hammer. So, we'll, we'll, see, yes. we'll see what happens with that. Um, but- yeah, look, in my particular case, I think I said on chat the other night that I opened a Tarn and a Tomb, which is actually incorrect. I went back Ooh, and nice. looked. Um, I, my set boosters were actually a Flooded Strand and an Ancient Tomb. Okay. Um, the other one I got in a Collector Booster. Um, but, I mean, just those cards in addition to the stuff that I cracked was, um, like, was really good value. I think at the time I opened it, the Strand and the Ancient Tomb were just shy of about $130 Australian. The, the two the value of the two of them and when a when one box was 170 ish is what i got it for um it's most of the value of a box in just the toppers i haven't even opened anything else so um that that was pretty crazy but really the the big thing for me in difference between the two sets is how much weight and how much value you get um from the uh the list cards so with my particular box, uh, both my boxes, sorry, I got 14 list cards, which is actually a little bit under the average that Wizards were advertising. Um, so, I didn't get yeah, right. quite that 25%. So, I, I averaged seven per box. Um, but of those, of the 14 that I cracked, I ignored stuff that was uncommons or wasn't really worth anything or like a bulk rare. I really only paid attention to stuff that was worth more than a few bucks. Um but I ended up getting cards like Enlightened Shooter. I got uh, a Dryad Arbor. I got a Vesuva. Uh, and I got a Showcase Brazen Borrower. Um, yeah, nice. And so, those are some nice cards. Yeah. And so, just like when you- It's another one of those things when you're opening boosters and you're used to getting to that ad slot. You know, <laughs> you get to the back and it's <laughs> yeah, like Friday yeah, Night surprise. Magic. And like, surprise, <laughs> here's an Enlightened Shooter or like an yeah. old border card. And so, I found that experience really good. But actually, that's where the bulk of the volume or, or of the additional value I got out of this box came from. So, I added yep. up all the various cards uh, that I got from my list. Um, and again, this is all just like basically TCG mid or like kind of retailish pricing. If you cross check, I cross checked it all on Goldfish. Um, but the value of my 14 list cards came to about 135 US. So, just shy of 200 Australian um, converted. Wow. 
just just <laughs> just from your list cards. Just from the list cards. Now, if you yeah. if you add in the flooded strand and tomb, the combination so of those two. So that's basically your boxes. It's close. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like two uh, three hundred and uh, three hundred and fifteen ish, roughly. Um, I think it's it worked out close. to be. That's good. And that that's not counting any of the mythics or foils or rares or anything that yeah, I got. It's not, in not the, counting all the rest of the, the box. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so for me the the big differentiator is the list. Like that's what I found was where all that extra value came from. If I didn't get any value from the list, the net value I got from my box I, I don't I don't even know if I would justify paying the extra for the set booster box. Yeah, that's, over that's the kind of what happened to me. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I think you've got to hit you've got to hit well with the list and or maybe you know some decent showcase cards as well. Um, I got a, a foil showcase mythic, um, the red, the red mythic that gives you extra combat. Um, forgotten his name, um, but yeah. So I I hit reasonably well with that, but I also average slightly more mythics. Um, the new shorty as well. Um, so I ended yeah. up with an average of six per box, which is more than what you would get from a um, a draft booster. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I know I've definitely had draft booster boxes where I've had six six mythics, especially when I get my wife to crack all the packs. Cause, <laughs> you know, she seems to be the luckiest person. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's um, the it, it's also worth noting that the mythic drop rate increased in Zendikar Rising. So on average, it used to be one in every eight boosters was the average drop rate they actually increased it in zendikar rising so this is for draft boosters where it became one in i think it's like one in every 7.4 and that drastically changed the outcome like to the point where it's actually vastly more likely for you to get five mythics in a draft box than it is four now so yeah it it always used to be four on average but it's actually far like you're far more likely now to get five per box than you are four so there's a few things like that that have changed up with this whole set and all the products attached to it. Um, and like every other change that's been happening at Wizards, I am struggling to keep up. There's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, is, there is too, too much of things it. to buy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but um, look, it, that's that's basically the summary. A lot less cardboard for your money, slightly higher value cardboard. Um, and for me, the, the main value and the main difference between the two really boiled down to what you ended up getting in value from the list. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like for me- I think I got probably a little bit unlucky. Like my my box topper was a morphic pool, which is a one of the battle bond. It's a the blue black battle bond lands. Yep, and that's worth like eighteen US, so it's not huge amount of money. Uh, and my cards I got from the list were basically all commons and uncommons. So like I got a sweet looking stone rain, which I, which I was really happy about, but that it's was not cool. worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I got no, not much in the way of additional value from those extra stuff, which meant I'm sort of relying on the rest of the cards I'm opening in my box to hold that value. And again, I, unfortunately, I got a, probably a little bit unlucky and didn't really get much in the way of high value cards. I, I didn't get a single Lotus Cobra. I didn't get an Omnath, anything like that. And they seem to be sort of the the more expensive cards in in the box. I agree with you. Definitely the experience of opening them was much more exciting because, yeah, like you said, you, you kind of don't know what you're getting in every pack. You can have those, you know, six six uncommons. Like the, the first six six cards in the pack have the potential to be – they're all either commons or uncommons. Yes. And you can have, yeah, either, either uh, six commons oh, – sorry, I, I think you can only have five. I don't think you can actually get six commons. I think you're guaranteed to have at least one of them as a as an uncommon, but yeah, so, sometimes you'd get those packs and it's like, oh, yep, I got five commons, and then I hit my uncommons, and then yeah, you'd have those other packs where you go, oh, I've got an uncommon right off the spot, off the start, and you know that they're all all going to be uncommon. So that was exciting, and then the various other slots in the pack were were pretty cool to see what you were going to get and what the showcase card was going to be and and things like that, and and yeah, never knowing if you're going to get a token at the end or not. So definitely more fun to open and and probably better for like streaming doing doing box openings yeah but yeah I, I don't know like for me i guess like you and i probably collect cards differently you you obviously open way more product than i do and you know you as as you would say yourself you are a collector you like 
collecting as much stuff as you can and storing it all away. <laughs> I, and I think they call it having... OCD. Is that the, is that the technical term? <laughs> I think they call it a problem. <laughs> yeah, also that. But yeah, whereas like I'm I'm collecting I'm collecting the cards to have them for playing in events. Like I like to I put them all in binders like you do and I try and get play sets of things and that sort of stuff. So for me I'm only opening one box, one bundle, one pre-release pack per set. I actually want that volume of commons yeah. because I'm finding even just with, you know, opening a draft booster box and a, and a bundle and, and the pre-release pack, you still sometimes don't get play sets of all the commons, which I actually want. I, I want to be able to go, oh, I'm putting this deck together and I've got all the cards for it. So I think, I think if you're, if you're only going to open one box and you want it to be trying to fill out your collection, you're probably better off going with a draft booster because the, the number of commons, uh, sorry, the number of uncommons, rares and mythics you're going to end up with is pretty comparable to, what you're going to get out of a set booster. Probably not as exciting and you probably don't have that chance to have some sweet extra value, but you're going to get all those extra commons that you, you like. But if you're the sort of sort of person that's opening at least two boxes per set, then set boosters 100% is probably the, the way to go because you're going to get more of the value cards that you want and you've got that higher chance of getting some really good value stuff. Yeah. So that's that's sort of my experience. I don't I didn't have, haven't actually had a chance to talk to Chewie about his experience, but I know he opened some decent stuff. Yeah, and I, I think he was a little underwhelmed with his list cards, or I could be way off. I can't remember. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd be interested for um, anyone in our Discord as well to share um, what they what their opening experience was like. I know we've got quite a few people uh, in our Discord, so shout out if you're not there, jump in there. Awesome place to be. But um, yeah, any, <laughs> anyone else who's in there, I know we've got some guys who open a fair bit of product as well. So I'd love to hear back just in general on what people's uh, experiences were and what their feedback was. But for, for me, the takeaway was I, I, I like them. I think they were really good and I will probably continue getting them um, into the future, but also I recognize my sample size was small, uh, and I may have just opened well. So, um, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, always hard to tell. And I guess you probably need to talk to stores or, or, you know, probably someone like Pat from Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar who would be opening bulk packs and find out what they really think of the, the value that they're getting from those. But I mean, yeah, for an extra 30 bucks, for your, your box, if you're still getting equivalent value that you would, then, yeah, it's prob- probably not that bad. And, and, yeah, you've got that that chance to be spiking and getting some cool old cards. So, yeah, it'll be inter- interesting to see. I'm assuming that they're doing these for all the upcoming sets. Uh, from what I've read, that this seems to be the new normal going forward. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they adjust the numbers at all or adjust the percentages based on people's feedback. Wizards seem to be putting out surveys pretty regularly on uh, sort of getting people's ideas or, or thoughts on how much product they're opening and uh, what they think of it all and all that sort of stuff. So definitely keep an eye out for that because I'm tipping if, you know, if they get a whole bunch of feedback saying, oh, yeah, you know, it wasn't really worth it, then they know that's going to affect their their bottom line for future sets. So they may look at changing those numbers and, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. So I'm assuming the next set is probably already being printed though. Yeah, the, so the, the next set would yeah. definitely be at the printers already. So yeah, so probably not much change there. But yeah, pretty cool. Like uh, I, I liked it, and it was a cool box. And yeah, my wife still had fun cracking all the packs, and and the art cards are cool. So again, that's another thing. It's how much do you value things like the art cards and stuff? Yeah. So Stu, like, where where does that leave you? Like, what what do you think you would be doing? Because you're similar to me. You, you generally tend to buy one box per yeah. set. Yeah, one box per set, and a similar sort of thing. Like. I don't like getting a million commons, but at the same time, when you go, oh, I want to put that deck together, often you're, you're, more, you're probably more likely to have close to those play sets that you need rather than if you've got the set boosters that gives you, what, nearly half the amount of commons. Yeah. Not that, yeah, from, from, a, from a finance perspective, it doesn't really matter, but from a convenience perspective, you're going to have a lot more. But as you say, the... And, and I think it was always going to be the case. The more of the set boosters you buy, the I think the better the return is going to be. Yeah, definitely. And and that's because of, because of the nature of the high variance in between yeah, that's boxes right, yeah. as well. Yep, that's true with nearly all product. The the more of yeah, it you exactly. open, 
Uh, and, exactly. and, or at least this is how I justify it to myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the more you open, the more you eliminate the variance. But that's exactly what it's like, though. You know, you you'll just end up, you know, your, your difference of eight eight rares and two mythics over ten boxes is probably closer to like you know forty rares and twenty mythics or whatever it might be. You know, yeah. it just yeah, it's it's all percentages. So it's, it's exactly gonna, it it is going to even out the more you open, but. Yeah, and most people aren't in the position to be opening boxes and boxes of of sets. I'd like and, to uh, be. Oh, yeah, so would I. Because <laughs> I do love cracking packs. <laughs> the problem is, though, if we keep buying all these set boosters, we're not going to have any draft boosters for actual drafting whenever we can get together and get a draft. Oh, that's that's what we need to chaos draft for. It's fine. We only need single yeah, packs, exactly. right? It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's cool. So the real question, question, Chris, is how many uh, secret lair of Walking Dead packs are you buying? Oh, here we go. That's, <laughs> uh, I I did actually purchase some. Um, yeah, cool. But yeah, it was more. It's more. I'm actually a massive Walking Dead fan. So um, I was. It, uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, I, I actually haven't watched it for a while either. But um, I got right into it when it was. Uh, when it was all the hotness, but um, in fact, I've yeah. never seen Negan in the show. That's when I stopped watching. Just before that, ah, right. okay, um, fair enough. Yeah, so I, look, I, I was a big fan of the show, and that was really my only driver. But um, yep, yeah, cool. Yeah, they're, no, they're, we're, not, cool. we're not going to get into that. We don't, we don't want to go down that path. So uh, <laughs> just, uh, just curious if you were actually buying any or not. Uh, <laughs> yes, I bought at least one. Yes, a number, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, hopefully that's given you a bit of an idea about the set boosters. Uh, if you haven't already picked up a box, then yeah, maybe that uh, incentivizes you to go and, and buy some. And if you have and you are in our Discord or you're not already in it, not in our Discord and you come and join us, definitely let us know how you went. Yeah, sort of how many uh, how many rares and mythics and, and the special things that you've opened. If you got anything good off the list, because uh, yeah, if we sort of pull all those numbers, we can get a bit of a better idea going forward if it's actually worth it and, and what people should be buying and putting their money into because magic is an expensive game and uh, most of us have limited uh, budgets for these sorts of things. So if we can help you out in that, then uh, we will do as much as we can. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So we've got a couple of events coming up that we're, uh, we're going to touch on. So Red Bull, uh, we've talked about in the past, uh, Red Bull have been running their untapped series for... I think like six months now or something. It's been going for for quite a long time. Uh, some of yeah, the been since May. Yeah, when they yeah. Started? Which is that's no, it's not six months. Oh, yes, it that's is. Pretty it's close, close actually. Yeah. October. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow, it's nearly Christmas already. Yeah, we uh, a few of us played in some of the early events, and we sort of got turned off a little bit just with this the size of it and how the event actually ran and how long the rounds took and things like that. But they, I think they sort of ironed out their issues towards the end and got that stuff all sorted but they now have or they've they've run their full series of the uh online qualifiers that they've had and now they're running a i guess like a last chance qualifier so it's uh it's going to be starting uh in a week and a half the 19th of october it kicks off and it's basically a solid week of qualifier events so similar to what Channel Fireball and Star City Games and that have done with some of their qualifiers where they run effectively all day. So there's 15 events that are going to be held from Monday to Friday. Uh, some of them will be standard, some are historic. And yeah, they're, they're free to enter. So you, you just sign up to them. Six rounds of Swiss and you just need to get yourself four wins in, uh, in one of those events and that gets you through to the next stage. So you can play in as many as you want. And uh, yeah, keep giving it giving it a go and trying to uh, to get those. But they are running yeah during the week, so time wise, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure how they're going to work out for those of us here in Australia. I'm sure there'll be a couple of events where you might be able to get on in the evening, something like that, and, and sort of give it a go. But yeah, if you get those four wins, you qualify through to the next stage, which will be a two day qualifier event, which will be mixed uh, a mixed standard and historic event. And, uh, yeah, once you sort of get through that, then that qualifies you for their actual grand finals. So, which is what all the rest of their qualifiers throughout the year have been for, which I think has like 75 grand in, uh, in prize money. So Ooh. it's, um, it's pretty good. Like the whole thing's been, been pretty, pretty good and pretty cool to have like Red Bull on board as a sponsor for a magic event. That's, that's pretty good. 
But uh, yeah, a few uh, a few guys in our Discord have been keen, or they're, they're you know signing up for it and wanting to test. So that's that's good. I think I might, if if one sort of suits my timing, I'll probably jump in on on one of these qualifiers. And yeah, if you can get four wins and you get through the next stage, the two day qualifier event actually has cash prizes as well. I think there might even be, I think it's like ten grand or something for first in the uh, the two day qualifier event. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it's a prize pool of thirty five thousand. Yeah, nice. It's it's certainly certainly worthwhile for a free entry, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've got our beans leagues that we run, and they're they're free entry, but we don't quite have thirty five grand to uh, throw around as prize pools. Just yeah, we are yet. working on it. Yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, we we will get there one day. <laughs> but yeah, they do have uh, yeah prizes sort of down to. Uh, depending on how many match points you get, so you can get, uh, earn a bunch of gems for arena just from uh, playing in that event as well. So pretty cool. I don't know if either of you guys are keen to to give something like this a go, or I, I I'm know keen. Cr- it's going to depend on timing, basically, yeah. as it always does. <laughs> that's that's always been right right from the start, from when we started yeah. this podcast. It all <laughs> comes down to time. I know, Chris, you've been sort of away from the competitive scene for a little bit, but I don't know if this is enough to entice you back. Uh, look, maybe if there was another zero on the end. No, no. It's, uh, uh, I, I, uh, it's not worth me getting out of bed for that sort of money. Now you're waiting for the commander events. Where are they? That's right. Where's the, where's the paid commander pods? No. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, Magic's in a pretty good place at the moment. If, you, if you've got the time, there's events just on all the time, like Star City Games and like CFB's running their Clash events at the moment and... Yeah, the like there's there's always events on MTG Melee, which the the Red Bull event is being run through again, and then you know things like our leagues, that sort of stuff. It's there's just there's competitions you can play in all the time. It's super saturated at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> we're kind of kind of sport for choice, but which is great. It means the game's in a healthy spot. There's plenty of people playing. Even cast the uh, the the Twitter negativity aside, clearly a lot of people are still loving the game. Yeah, absolutely. Which is yeah. awesome. Yep. So, yeah, there's that. So, that's kicking off on the 19th of October. And then we also have the Magic Grand Final. So, we mentioned this one on last week's cast, I think, or maybe the one before. Uh, So, this is sort of the culmination of all the events that have been happening over the... I don't think it's quite the last year. I think it might have been since the start of the year. It's sort of their... Wizards did a bit of a weird thing with their their MPL and the rivals and all that, where they had to put in like a half season just to sort of tie up things and, and get them ready for what they were planning on kicking off. So I think this is sort of the culmination of that half season. So you've got all winners from previous players tours, Mythic Invitationals, and then a, a few other people that have sort of um, been qualified through various means, but. It's a field of 32 players, so small field, and it's stacked, as, as you would expect yeah. when you're <laughs> bringing in all the, uh, yeah, the, the top finishers from Mythic Invitationals and Players Tours. It's, you know, Hall of Famers and World Champions and all those sorts of people. So these, these sorts of events, we've seen them, seen them before in these sort of small field events, and they're always pretty cool because people are coming in knowing, okay, it's likely I'm going to play against most of these players in this event and you, you you kind of as a pro player they they learn what other people like to play what they don't like to play and so there's a, there's a lot of sort of metagaming within the the field of players in terms of what you're going to get so yeah, makes, it makes it quite a, interesting it's a slightly it's like a slightly expanded worlds almost right it's got that kind of feel where it's a really yeah, small yep. field um really high quality of players so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to watching a bunch of it um yeah, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, so it's two hundred and fifty grand prize pool, which is pretty good for thirty-two players. And that they've done a similar thing to the last event we saw, which was a, a Mythic Invitational, where the payout's actually pretty flat. So first place yeah. is twenty-five grand, which you know that's pretty good. I'd be happy with twenty-five grand, but mm. if you come last, you still get four grand. So <laughs> you can turn up and not just win drop. a single game and <laughs> just collect your four <laughs> grand. So. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like to get to this to this event, you've had to play really well and, and all that sort of stuff. But you've also you've already like won an event and got the prize money from that, and probably been invited to some other event where you also got prize money for. And now this one, you just get to turn up and get four grand at a minimum. That's that's pretty good. And I know 
you know, obviously, you know, there's been a lot of controversy over, over this year with cuts in prize pools and things like that, but we haven't seen these sorts of flat curves in prize pools before, and, and I quite like it. Like, I, I think it's it's pretty good. It, it means it's not as spiky where, you, you know, if you flukily win this, this event, you get all the money and, and no one else gets anything. You can go there and just really try and have, have a good time, and if you do bomb out, then it doesn't matter. You're still still getting a good good prize pool so yeah yeah should i be agree. pretty cool i like it like yeah. that yeah and and like it's it's been something that i've always had an issue with just in like in normal paper events that you go to it's you really have to it's always been top heavy you know you have to make top eight to even get prizes and you know you play like the ptqs that some of us went and played earlier on in the year if you didn't i think like you had to go like five two at minimum just to get like two packs so you you play wow. all day and and you get nothing and it's like oh, come on like just spread it out a little bit more and <laughs> show the love whereas if you come first you get you know a thousand bucks and you come second and you get like two booster boxes it's like yeah that's it's a bit unnecessary but anyway <laughs> that's that's it I'm, I'm doing the tangents tonight not to <laughs> you <laughs> just someone has to fly that flag you just yeah, got to win yeah. shorty that's all you need to do oh, i just got to win just, just win get good get good <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that, that kicks off this weekend. Uh, the times are going to be a bit weird for us here in Australia. So, it starts – it's Friday that it starts, but it's going to be 3 a.m. Saturday for us. And that'll run, you know, all morning and, and we might be able to catch the end by the time we wake up and get up for the Saturday. Although, for for the guys here on the cast, we're too busy dealing with kids in the morning on a Saturday. So, probably <laughs> won't get to watch too much. But hopefully, they will uh, they'll run – you know, the replays, that sort of thing. You know, we've got obviously a stacked field of commentators, all the usuals, you know, your Day Nines and Maria and Marshall and Cedric Phillips, all those sorts of guys. So, uh, yeah, it should, should be a pretty cool event with some pretty cool commentary. Yeah, it looks like Reed, Reed Duke and PV are also in the in the booth. Um, so, that's right. cool. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's Actually, cool. I wonder why they're not playing. And, yeah, Martin User too. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, yeah. there'll be some pretty top-notch commentary. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's some pretty pretty good players there. So, and uh, you know Riley Knight, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he kind of knows what he's doing. Token Aussie, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with his horrible mustache he's got at the moment. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> yeah, so that'll start Saturday morning. That'll should finish up on Monday morning for us, I think. And uh, yeah, hopefully you can catch the replays. But yeah, should be should be some cool commentary and some really good plays uh, or players playing some really good matches. And it is a split format as well, so we have standard and and historic. So, what are you guys thinking of standard? Like, how much? What sort of percentage of the meta game? You've got thirty two players. How many Omnath decks are we going to see in standard? Oh, uh, <laughs> half. Yeah, fifty percent maybe. I uh, yeah, I th- I think we'll see at least half. And Omnath. and I would say that most of that fifty percent that'll be Omnath will be adventures. The deck is amazing. Yeah, yeah I haven't actually played the uh, the adventures version yet. But- I haven't played it, but I've played against it, and it's it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so reasonable. Seems to be what people are saying. <laughs> so I think we'll see. I reckon we'll see a fair bit of that, and the Rakdos mid range, which is getting around all of a sudden, also looks really good. So I'd expect to see some of that as well. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether there's any left of centre really targeted, um, you know, out there choices. Um, yeah. I didn't check. Is there's not like a Ken Yukihiro or something yeah, Ken, like that? Ken Yukihiro is playing, so oh, we'll okay. get some sort of spice out of him. <laughs> Ex- oh, he is too. Yes. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll be cheering him on for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's always, always got something good. Yeah. No. I, look, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing something like that. But unfortunately, I think yeah, if, if if the pros are running the numbers, which they they are, um, they tend to to pick the best deck, and I think the best deck's going to contain an Omnath somewhere. So um, yeah, we'll wait so and see. listen to LSV's uh, constructed resources this week, and he's playing the uh, Omnath Adventures deck, and he's on a testing team of six people who are in the event, and they <laughs> yeah. are all all playing Omnath Adventures. So there's of yeah, course, okay. that's a fair percentage of the field already. <laughs> <laughs> They're not all playing the same deck. So, wow. yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Stu. I reckon at least 50% will be some form of Omnath deck, with probably the majority being Adventures version. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll see a, a decent amount of Demir Rogues. We'll probably see a decent amount of 
the I don't red, think red we'll black. see as much rogues as we might have thought maybe a week ago. The deck is starting to fall off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, when you've got, you know, if you go 32 players, if we go 16 of them are uh, uh, Omnath decks, that's only 16 players left for other decks. And when Correct. you add in add into that, yeah, the, the red-black Crocs deck, which is, is quite good and ha- does have a good matchup against the Omnath there, decks. There is a Grixis control deck that's getting around a yeah, little bit yeah. now as well that's starting to uh, show a bit of, uh, you know, looks good as yeah, well. Yeah, mm. yeah um, I mean, you take take out of that field, yeah, one Ken Yuka hero playing something random, then, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's yeah. not that many slots left for, for other decks. So, Will we see any aggro? Uh, I don't think so. There, we might see either a gruel or a mono green. I, don't, I highly doubt we're going to see a mono red. Uh, like I've played yeah. a little bit of mono red in the last week, and it just does not seem good enough. <laughs> you know, you, you can have those busted turns where you get the multi- you, yeah. multiple champions to start with, or you get you know an early uh, Embercleave out, and, and you kind of just go nuts. But it's pretty easy to sideboard against. And, yeah, I was going to yeah, say, particularly post sideboard, you're yeah, you're putting yourself in a tough spot. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it just has no hope against you know the adventures deck. If you get it, they get a clover down, and they're doubling up on stomps and yeah, tripling yeah. up on stomps. It's just game over. Yep, yep. So standard will be interesting, and then obviously, you know, we'll see what comes of potential bannings after this event. I'm tipping that they will wait. Obviously, they'll wait for this event, and it's likely that they will wait for the Red Bull events to sort of wrap up before they announce anything like we talked about on the, the banning cast that we had last week. I think it'll be a while before they actually touch their cards from their new set. So, I'm just wondering if even if Omnath ever does eat a ban hammer. I, I don't know. It, it's an amazing card. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, but who, who knows? But I don't, I don't think it's broken anymore. Yeah, mm. I think people. I think I think people have figured out ways around it, and as well. I mean, you know, when it lands and you get some landfall triggers, it goes off. But I don't know. I don't know. Yep, we'll see. Uh, historic. I don't know if either of you guys have played any historic. I haven't since not recently. The- not yeah, since no. our one day event. <laughs> yeah, when I went four one. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming goblins are still uh, still getting around, and I do believe it's still the top deck. Yeah, I know the Jund. Sacrifice deck is still uh, still pretty popular. I think Saltai mid range is pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah. That's about all I really know. Yeah, and I I, I, I have seen there's a Rakdos deck with the uh, what's the it called? Arcanist one. Yeah, the Arcanist Dreadhorde, Dreadhorde Arcanist. Arcanist. Yeah, yeah, because you've got like uh, Bloodchief's Thirst and what's the other one? Uh, I, can't s- I can't remember. There's another one with Kicker. Yeah. So when you when you flash them back with Dreadhorde Arcanist, you can pay the kicker costs still. Nice. So because it's a like it's an extra cost or an, an additional cost. So hmm. yeah, a few few things like that. So I think Historic will be pretty cool to watch, uh, especially in this small field. And Standard, I'm tipping we just see a whole bunch of Omnath mirrors the the whole weekend. So um, coverage will probably try and avoid. Omnath mirrors as much as they can and, and keep it off camera because they're going to be long matches and I reckon people are going to be over them pretty quickly. They, they are dull matches too. Think Team <laughs> yeah. Wreck. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah. Yep. I, I wonder whether Matt Nass will bring his um mono black gift spice. Did you see that deck from the Mythic Invitational? That was cool. It's one of the best, or that was one of the most unique decks I saw in his. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, I do, I, I do remember that one. Yeah, That's who, who cool. knows? It's powerful but is it gonna continue to be powerful and can it, it be it's a pretty different out? field this time yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely always looking for the spice yeah so that's on this weekend make sure you check that out uh yeah we'll probably try and catch a fair bit of the coverage and then we may touch on it on the uh on the next cast the other thing the big major thing that's going on at the moment is our league Stu, what's going oh, on in yes. our league not a lot, to be honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the first words written under our league update on the on our show notes is slow start. Slow start. <laughs> and that's exactly it. So compared to uh, our last league, which really fired out of the gates, like people were playing matches the day we did the draw last yeah, time. Yeah. Whereas this time there was a bit of uncertainty around the new set. So first it was, let's just hang on and see what the meta does. And then it was, ooh. Oh, there's this busted card and this busted deck and an announcement for a ban. So, again, it just 
no one wanted to play. Took the wind out of the sails. Yep. <laughs> Took the wind out of the sails. But mm. since since the ban in, we've started chugging along, and Group Shorty currently top, tops the list with oh, 12 matches played. That's correct. Well, well done. Well done. That's good. Uh, nine matches for Group Chewy. Eight matches for Group Stew. Come on, guys. Let's keep going. Although I see the Discord, there's somebody looking for matches. May have actually gone up. Uh, but... <laughs> Poor group cracker. They're down the bottom there, and they've only played two matches. It's more than group Chris, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) And and cracker has played both of those matches and sadly lost (laughs) with a a deck list that I gave him, which I I think is amazing. The list has produced two wins for me, so I'm going to put it down to pilot error. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. So, Cracker, you're not here on the cast tonight, which means we're allowed to blast you when you listen. Yes. You need to get your your group into gear and start getting some of those matches done. Nah, look, they've had a couple of guys in there today talking about it, so they're getting ready. They're they're getting ready. You'll wait and see. They'll be on the top in no time. Yep. So, how (laughs) long have we got left? We have until the 30th of October, which is... Three week, almost three weeks to the day, right? Yeah, it'll be three three mm. weeks tomorrow. Recording this on three the Thursday, weeks tomorrow, so. so we need to get all our groups really knuckled down and to start motoring through these games because we, we've got a lot to go. Certainly um, do, and we want to make sure that they're all done in time for finals. And so, please, everybody, concerted effort. Let's make it happen. <laughs> and playing for those all important beans, myth, uh, beans mythic. I was going to say mythic invitational beans invitational points. Right, they're all up for grabs. Absolutely, yeah. Got to got to make sure you finish all your matches, get those points, and uh, yeah, get your way to the invitational. Had had a few discussions with our illustrious sponsor, and yeah, this uh, this prize pool it's going to be pretty good for this Ooh, invitational. So heard it first here. Yep, yep. So yeah, definitely, definitely want to be in that. And there's plenty of people still in the running. So uh, yeah, get uh, get in there and get those done. So I think that's going to be it for us tonight. We uh, we actually went way longer than I thought we were going to at one point. So that's that's good. Turns out we can actually talk. But uh, we will uh, we will wrap that up there. So yeah, if if you're just hearing about these leagues and you don't know what we're talking about, then uh, yeah, get into our Discord. Uh, you'll find the link for that on our show notes or on our Twitter or Facebook. And, uh, yeah, get in on our league. So we run regular leagues every few months that are, you know, round-robin format for the group stages. So you can play your matches whenever suits you. You're not uh, – you've got effectively six weeks to organize the matches from your group. And, uh, yeah, then at the end of it, we commentate and stream on the finals with, uh, yeah, $500 prize pool for, for this current league. And that will probably be continuing for the leagues going forward. So, yeah, make sure you're in our Discord and you get involved in those. If you want to show us a little bit of support, you can go and visit our merch store, pick up for yourself some sweet hoodies and uh, T-shirts and mugs and things like that. And uh, yeah, any any proceeds from that just basically go straight back into the cast for the events and things that we do, like uh, our no-ban list standard event that will be coming up after this league concludes. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Shout out again to our sponsors, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Go and find them on Facebook and check out their daily auctions. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Just search for Magic Beans Cast on any of those places and you'll find us. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Stu, you are? At M. Stewie. And Chris? At Polywaffle MTG. Very good. So that's going to do us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next time. 